and welcome to Asylum Stories. This is the podcast where we talk all things asylum related, patient experiences and the history. I'm Hannah. And I'm Scott. And it's episode four? Episode number four. Yeah, episode number four. Jesus, we're only at four and I've already lost count. What are you drinking this week, Scott? Uh, This week I am drinking Heineken, just a little cheeky can. A can. Just a can. Very, I guess, <laughs> another class evening for myself. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking anything this week. No. Because I am very, very hungover. We were both out last night. Yeah. But I think I drank way more than you did last night. And you were okay up until a point. You just stopped losing, like, I guess you were just losing your sense of speech. <laughs> and your balance was all over the place. <laughs> and your arms were really flimsy. We just... were, so we were at a concert last night, so yeah. that that's the excuse for... Yeah, it wasn't like day drinking gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were a gig. But you spend the majority of the gig turning around looking at me. But <laughs> I'm too small to see anything, so even if I was looking forward, there is a big pole in front of me. And I was one of the smallest people there, so... Yeah, you're only 5'6". I'm 5'3". Really? Mm-hmm. That's really small. Well, you had no chance then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no chance. But you were having a good time. You were in your own world, having a dance. <laughs> you punched me three times in the face. And knocked your glasses off. Not on purpose. This is not like a domestic abuse Apparently. situation. Swipes. <laughs> Thankfully, I got my glasses back, though, so I'm okay. Yeah. I would have been telling this story in a much more sombre tone if I'd lost my glasses, but I got my glasses back, so it's all good. You don't hit me. Just want to clarify that you don't... <laughs> you didn't mean to hit me. You weren't aiming for me. Maybe I was. Wow. We have a game review this week. What game are we reviewing? We played uh, a game which has been out for a while, but you, not a massive gamer, mm-hmm. so it's a scary game, so we played Outlast. Which has already had a sequel, tons of DLC. So it's been there for a while, but we played Outlast this week. How did you find it? I remember watching you, you've played this game already, and I remember watching you play this game, and I had a shot of it when it first came out, and I just couldn't get one past the first bit. So since then, I've just, I've never looked back and wanted to play it. But since we're doing horror game reviews, we decided to play it. So Scott got me past the first bit that I've done already. And it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> what did you find so scary about playing this game? It was just the the bad was... guy. He just creeps up on you. And you if you see him from a distance, you know that you have to go and hide. It's like a huge panic to find somewhere to hide. And you just get really stressed out. Like, you can hide in a locker under a bed. Yeah. If you run away from him, you run into a room, you can hide somewhere. But he'll pull you out. And then yeah. you're in the same situation because you're like, oh no, I need to run away now. I don't know where to go and he's right there. It's not like he's really slow. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> whole aspect though of holding a camera and being a, um, a journalist. Story is you're a journalist who is investigating reports of mistreating patients or some wrongdoings at this asylum. Don't quote me on that. This is just... From what we understood From, it to be. Yeah, this is just me saying what I think. Because I've not played in a while, I've kind of forgot. So you kind of go into this place. But yeah, you're a journalist, so you've got a, a video camera, mm-hmm. which is your tool when it gets dark, because you have your camera. And it's you got can, night vision. So you can kind of see in dark areas, because you'll just put that out. But then you have to be 
conservative with your battery. Mm-hmm. So you have to look for batteries mm-hmm. and try and pick up as many batteries as you can. So if you get caught in these situations, you're fully stocked to see in the dark. But also along the way, you're collecting files and whatnot, learning about what's going on in the place, which I've not read in years. So All while trying not to get killed by this guy. Yeah, you had a very... <laughs> The first bit, which we got past, is where you first kind of meet the guy, mm-hmm. and then you have to get underground. So we got past that bit, and then you took over because this was a bit you haven't played mm-hmm. or remembered playing. We played that bit, and you had this really cocky attitude <laughs> when you were walking around this prison area because it was like people just kicking around, mumbling themselves, banging on their inside cell door, and you're just acting all cocky, almost like starring on them. <laughs> Because you're like, what are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> uh, no, I went up to the, yeah. one of the patients or whatever, with, right up to, um, and he's like behind the door, by the yeah. metal cage door. I think I was, I think I was just like, oh, you look so beautiful. Oh, oh my god, where did you get your lipstick? And then about five seconds later, look. the guy comes out, and I was oh. start screaming. It was this really good bit. Again, I think it's in the prison bit or the cell block. And you're acting all cocky, you're, you're making like little jokes, and then we climb up this ladder and there's someone right at the top. <laughs> he doesn't do anything to you, he just gives you a jump scare and you shit yourself, you're like, wow! <laughs> <laughs> I do want to uh, continue playing that though, I did enjoy it. This could be potentially a work in progress. Yeah. We're at the bit where you're in the hospital wing. It's not a hospital wing, but you've got that kind of creepy doctor. Yeah, I do know what exactly what about So we're on. only there, so we're really early on in the game, so how about... We play a little bit more for next week so we can get the part two. It's good. I, I'm enjoying this one. Uh, what are we doing this week, Scott? So this week, I believe we're doing something slightly more special because we were talked in previous episodes about treatments used on people and I don't think we fully grasped or understood all of the ones we're referring to. We may have an idea based on the name such as electrotherapy and you kind of have this envision this this image in your head from TV programs and whatnot. We wanted to look into some treatments mm-hmm. to give so, a little bit of insight into them. Yeah, and so that so that other people know and us what the fuck we're talking about sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. Some of these treatments are wild though. I don't know how people ever thought that these would cure mental illness. Did you recognise a lot of them? Or were quite a few of them you'd never heard before and found it quite shocking to There's a couple to research? There's a couple that I haven't heard of, but there is a lot of them have come up yeah. in in the episodes. Okay, how many have we got? So, I think we've got 11. However, we're only going to talk about 10. Because in another episode that I've prepared, we do go into a certain treatment quite a lot. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's one of the big ones. So, we're not going to talk about that one. But before, right, so we've cool. got we've got 10. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm going to know 10 more than when I started. It's very educational. When you think of historical treatments for mental illnesses, you think of asylums, electroshock therapy, isolation and lobotomies. Throughout history, the view on mental illness has changed. These changes occurred due to developing societal views and understanding and knowledge on mental illness. So the first one we are going to talk about is trephination. The history of treating mental illnesses dates as far back as 5000 BC. 
with the evidence of trephined skulls. This is the process of removing a small part of the skull using a bore or a saw. It is thought that it would relieve mental illnesses and headaches. Back then, mental illnesses were thought of as demonic possession. If they chipped away a part of the skull, it is thought that the evil spirits would be released, therefore healing the patient. The procedure is still used nowadays. It's called a craniotomy, and it can be used to relieve pressure inside the brain, which could be caused by a hematoma. Ouch. <laughs> were they unconscious when they were getting their skull cracked open? I mean, I'd assume so, but then as far back as 5000 BC, then maybe not. <laughs> oh, yeah, no way. Oh, that would be so sore. It just shows you the, the lack of understanding of me- mental illnesses back then, though. They were caused by demonic possession. Good idea. Let the, the evil demon out from a hole in the top of your head. Can you imagine being told you've got a demon inside of you and you're like, oh, no, and they're like, it's fine. Because we've got the best way to get out. I'm going to crack open your skull. Thank God. (laughs) It's time When you hear about things like that, that makes me feel quite thankful to be born in an era with good medical understanding. The next one is bloodletting and purging. So we know about this one because we heard about it in the last episode, yeah? Yeah, yeah. This has roots in Greek medicine. However, it gained prominence in the Western world through the 1600s. The philosopher and physician (laughs) Hippocrates. Hippocrates. Literally, it's the only time I say his name. Hippocrates believed that the illness came from impurities in the body. He believed that there were four essential fluids, blood, phlegm, bile and black bile, which were responsible for the personalities of individuals. The process is removing blood from the body. It is thought that if you removed poison blood from the body, it would cure you. Popular methods include using leeches, arteriotomy, which we've already discussed in the previous episode. Again, bloodletting was practiced by barbers, and that's why their pole is red and white. Today, it can be used for a very small number of illnesses. So this guy's thought process was... You've got bad blood, which is causing you to be the way you are. Mm-hmm. Describing that as black bile. Mm-hmm. It's like something guess. out of a horror movie. Black bile. If you cut the person, wouldn't their blood be black? It would look wrong, right? What? I'm just trying to think of ways to disprove his theory that this would help. That if you cut someone and they drew blood, then you would see it looks like anyone else's blood. But bile's not stored... Bile's stored elsewhere. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Good guess, though. Good guess. (laughs) But it's still interesting, though, because that's now still kind of used in today's day and age Mm -hmm. for a small number of... Yeah, so I think it's hemochromatosis where where taking blood out is a good thing. Don't ask me why I didn't look into that. But yeah, I think it's hemochromatosis. So it's not completely without fail. It's doing something, yeah. It's much better to be sticking a leech on your skin to draw some blood rather than getting your skull cracked open so far. So, I would so take... that's what you're, you would rather have a leech take out some of your blood than get your skull trefined. Well, I've had the option. I would take the leech all day, wouldn't you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm really focused on the first one you've mentioned. It's just cracking a skull. Just <laughs> no. Okay, the next one. Asylums. So obviously we know asylums... That's what we do on this podcast, but um, I'll just go a little bit into it. In the 1800s, there was a stigma around mental illness, and people were often locked away in an asylum. 
This was to protect the community around them and their family name. The places were overcrowded and unsanitary. The patients were often abused and quite often the people working in these places were not trained in caring for people with mental illnesses. At this time, medical practitioners treated mental illness with physical methods, which were brutal. So the premise for that is that you lock them away, basically. There's a lack of understanding, so if you just lock them away, outside, out of mind. Okay, I've got another one. Um, that's it's quite an interesting one. All right. Interesting in a good way or interesting in a. I don't know how would... the hell they ever thought that this um would work. Okay. <laughs> Rotational therapy slash swinging chair. This method was used briefly in the early 19th century. Rotational therapy was invented by Charles Darwin's grandfather. It's literally a spinning chair. A chair could be held onto the ceiling with ropes and then the ropes were used to spin the chair around. The inventor saw children spinning around and laughing afterwards. This caused a spark in Mr Darwin's grandfather's mind as a treatment for mental illness. So the patients were spun around until they promised to obey the doctors. Once they agreed to obey, they were then let down to recover. However, once the dizziness and nausea wore off, the patient was obviously still mentally ill. Known side effects of the treatment involved being incontinent of faeces, nausea, paleness, vertigo, vomiting, anxiety and fear. Okay, so what do you think? Um, again, I, I like the fact that this treatment isn't necessarily painful. Oh, could you imagine, though, being spun around? I wonder how fast they were getting spun. Until they obeyed the doctors. I mean, obviously they're going to obey them because they don't want to be spun around for ages. I feel like this would make me more insane. I'm not saying all these people are insane, but I would would go insane. I would think, how have I got to this point where I'm sitting in this chair getting spun around being like, you must obey. It sounds like my worst nightmare. Because when I was younger, up at the shows, the fairground. Is that what normal people call it? Rather than the shows. Yeah, fairground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the waltzers. I remember being on that with one of my friends and I got spun around so much that I vomited after it. Mm-hmm. And since then, I hate going on rides and stuff that spin you around in circles. You need to explain what is waltzers because some people might not know what that is. So you sit in a little cart and the cart spins, but while the cart's spinning, it goes round a track in a circle. So you're being spun while spinning. And the guys that owned the ride were spinning folk. He was just spun us really, really fast for some reason. It was horrible. I've I, never been so scared in my life. I remember when I went on this ride, we were all getting seated into it, right? And there was a really small space left. So you could typically fit about four or five mm-hmm. people on. So there was already four people on it, but it was quite tight. So I didn't have much space. And there was a girl who got on, who I knew, and she was slightly bigger, which is mm-hmm. fine. But there was no fucking chance in hell she was gonna fit in the space mm-hmm. so i thought the guy would just be like nah it's fine you'll have to wait but nah he was like yeah that's fine we'll just put you in here i was crushed and then you get spun around when i came off of that i spewed but i think that was more because i was so crushed the whole time i was going around i was thinking i've paid money to go on this 
But genuinely, when she walked up, I thought, nah, she's not going to get in here. I actually thought you were going to say, I, I shit myself. Oh, no, because my butt cheeks were too clenched together to shit myself. That's how tight it was. I don't think I would enjoy this treatment, though. I think I would feel really sick after it. So you said that it was invented because he saw children spinning around and then stop and then laugh. What's the correlation between that? Well, I suppose if you you must have thought that if you spin people around, it's going to make them happy. All he needed to do was go on the waltzers <laughs> <laughs> and realise that, no, it does not cure mental illness. I like his logic, but it's... It I is. don't like his logic. Mr Darwin's grandfather, he totally missed the mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I say I like it, what I really mean is he's taken an idea, which is a kid is spinning around and laughing and maybe that can help. And he's put a really dark turn on there by spinning them around continuously saying you must obey me. I know, I know. But that's like a child being handed a toy, them smiling because they've got a toy like a cuddly panda, and then he thinks, right, what happens if I get someone to dress up in a panda suit and tickle them and say you must obey me? That's not the same thing. It's not, do you know what I mean though? No. No, that's fine. <laughs> It makes sense. I don't think anyone else knows what you mean either. No, that's cool. (laughs) Am I going to edit that out? Probably not. Yeah, I think you should keep it. So, obviously, you know the side effects. It doesn't take a genius to figure out what the side effects are. Feeling dizzy. Traumatised. Incontinent, nausea, vomiting, anxiety, and fear. Fear of the chair. I suppose the only saving grace is um, that they were allowed to recover. (laughs) Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the next one. You ready? Yes. We're going to talk about hydrotherapy and ice water baths. You you think you will have heard of that? When you say ice water baths, I'm just thinking of what sportsmen might get into or sportswomen get into after a strenuous session. So I see it more as a good thing. It is still used, but obviously not in the same way. For different reasons, I can imagine. yeah. This method of treatment was used in the 17th and 18th centuries. Patients who were agitated were dropped into an ice bath without warning. It had an effective way of sedating patients, however it is inhumane. It then evolved into hydrotherapy because it was seen as so effective. This is when patients would be subjected to multiple baths. The baths were covered with a white sheet with only their head poking out at the top. Another method was wrapping the patient up like a mummy in wet sheets or spraying the patient with cold water. The baths could last several days and was seen as a treatment for insomnia, depression or suicidal thoughts. That's really flawed as well. <laughs> you I s- think I'd maybe feel suicidal if you put me into a nice <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What about they thought it would be used as a sedation? Sedation or unconsciousness because you're that mm. cold? It must have sedated them though. I would love to know. You'd feel numb. You must get so cold that you're just sedated, I suppose. I would be very interested to know how long they kept them in there for. By several hours. I mean, if you're a sports person, you go in an ice bath for... Why do you go into an ice water bath as a sports person? To aid muscles, which are tired and depleted. I think it would cause more damage to my muscles because I'd be chittering. I think cold water is also really good for your skin as well. I I know those doctors didn't have that in mind. No. No, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hannah, I actually have to be honest, I was kind of bullshitting the audience at the beginning, acting a little bit dumb, because this week I actually helped out. So I did kind of know some stuff, because I researched a couple myself. 
So I kind of played dumb at the beginning, but I'm good at playing dumb. Yeah. Because some people would describe me as being dumb. What do you think about that? Do you disagree? No. Oh, okay. Well, I would like to talk to you about confinement, restraint, and isolation. So solitary confinement is when a patient is isolated by themselves without interacting with other people. Everything they do, they do alone. Sleeping, eating, toileting, and have no access to activities. This was due to the stigma associated with having a mental illness. That's why these patients were locked away. In terms of restraint, some patients were difficult to deal with. Therefore, restraining them was easier on the staff. It is by no means a humane way to treat a patient with a mental illness. What are your thoughts on that? So I think originally we wanted to do confinement, restraint and isolation as separate things. Yeah. But they kind of all go hand in hand together. Again, out of sight, out of mind. Do you think this was a treatment which was to benefit the patient or to benefit the staff? Oh, definitely benefit the staff more. I mean, how how can that benefit anyone? Patient-wise, I mean. Yeah. Because there's no benefit. It's almost like putting a bad dog away in this cage. I mean, restraint, uh, there are obviously some laws on restraint, and restraint is used sometimes, mm-hmm. but there are very strict laws around it, and a lot of policies, and it's not done in the same way that it was. There's a lot more legal jargon to go along, yeah. so it's not And quite rightly so, as yeah. well. It's done with more beneficial reasoning. Rather than essentially just to put someone away for a while because they might be a bit too much of a bother. I mean, for me personally, I think if I was to be, especially if you have a mental illness, to be isolated away from everything and everyone, and I was just stuck in a room, I think you put a sane person in that situation, they would go mad. Yeah. Never mind someone who's already suffering. So the next one I have for you is insulin coma therapy. So insulin coma therapy. This was a popular treatment for schizophrenia used between 1930s and 1960s. It was thought to help symptoms such as anxiety, tension, fear, irritability, hostility, elation, paranoia, OCD, and hallucinations. There was not any evidence to suggest that insulin coma therapy worked. It was based on the idea that patients could be jolted out of an episode of mental illness. Patients received insulin injections daily, inducing deeper states of unconsciousness, and this could last weeks or even months. They were injected insulin until they reached a coma-like state, which they allowed to last for an hour, and it was reversed using an injection of glucose. The process was repeated, and patients could experience anywhere between 30 and 50 comas. Common side effects included obesity, brain damage, and death. However, some doctors reported that patients woke up and had a feeling of being reborn. On one hand, this can kill you, but on another chance, you can be reborn. It's such a... I know, that it's such a... Completely opposite end of the scale. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What else do you think about that? Do you think this is a success? Do you think this is a good thing? No. No. (laughs) 30 to 50 comas. And how long were they left in a coma for? An hour? Up to an hour, yeah. That's so dangerous, is it not? I mean, a lot of people died, so I imagine so. Another thing is, it was to help a lot of symptoms, quite a few actually, so a lot of people would have been exposed to this treatment. Yeah, that's a good point. So did you enjoy the two I brought to the table this week? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, was it nice having a rest while I spoke? No, I'm a bit of a control freak, so I'm kind of reading over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, you, and you're a fast reader, so you probably read it before I had even spoken it. Yeah. Damn, you've got the advantage. Are you ready for the next one? I'm ready for the next one. So this is one that everyone will have heard of. It's electroconvulsive therapy. Is this the one with the sponges? Maybe I'm thinking of old electric chair. The sponges? I think, I don't know. I feel like I've seen sponges used. That The sponges used in the electric chair. I'm probably thinking of that. The sponge needs to be wet, doesn't it? Yeah. What was that film that the sponge was dry and someone who got put onto the electric chair? I can't remember what film. Well, their head went on fire. Yeah. If anyone knows, please, please tell us. <laughs> it's like an older film. It's not a recent film. I think I remember watching it with my dad. Anyway, electroconvulsive therapy. In 1938, an apparatus was invented by two Italian doctors to induce convulsions electrically. The first patient to receive the treatment had schizophrenia. He received several shocks, and during the last shock, he convulsed for more than a minute. He received this treatment several times. Afterwards, he was deemed to be cured. Two years later, however, he was readmitted with the same illness. Electroconvulsive therapy was used as a treatment for schizophrenia and depression and it was seen as a positive method for treating mental illness. It was also cheaper than insulin coma therapy, therefore it was widely used. Before the routine use of curare, patients suffered fractures from the violent convulsions. Curare was a muscle relaxant. One other side effect was amnesia. This could leave gaps in memory and affect personalities. This was seen as a positive outcome because it meant that the patients who were focused on one event in their life, which traumatised them, couldn't remember it afterwards. Electroconvulsive therapy is still used today to treat depression, however there is no convulsion involved. Patients are given anaesthesia and muscle relaxants and the pulses of electricity are brief. Electroshock therapy has received negative representations in the media and therefore it has been modified several times since. It's horrible that they're before they would get it done and they had no sort of sedation or nothing to relax them and they convulsed so violently that they had fractures. I think that was also in an episode as someone dislocated their shoulders. Because they were shook that yeah, much. Yeah. Can... Imagine how painful that is. I like the idea of oh if they think oh wipe their memory so they can't remember the traumatic event. We're also making them probably quite vegetated mm. as well. <laughs> leave gaps in memory and could affect their personality so yeah maybe alter their personality so on one hand yeah they might have forgotten re- they can recollect the traumatic of event but on another point they're a different person though and i guess you're talking about they received negative feedback representation representation from the media is that in films and tv or are you talking about how it's being reported on news outlets? Yeah, that. And because of that, it's been modified and altered to make it safer. This would be the classic one you see on all programmes. Yeah. If you've watched a programme which is focused on an asylum, you'll see images of people being electrocuted. But you usually see them come the way being a shell. Of what they actually were, yeah. Yeah. I guess the scary thing is that's probably true. The even scarier thing is, is that it actually happened. Yeah. The next one is chemically induced seizures. In 1937, the first meeting on convulsive therapy was held. And three years later, chemical induced therapy was being used worldwide. 
The idea was that the same people never had both epilepsy and schizophrenia. Cardiazole was used as a convulsive trigger. Despite lack of evidence, shock therapy was seen as an effective treatment for schizophrenia. Patients feared and hated the therapy. Side effects included amnesia, violent convulsions that resulted in broken teeth, fractures and dislocations. The drug only gave short-term relief for symptoms and not a cure. Kind of similar to electroconvulsive therapy really, isn't it? And... There's not really a positive aspect to it. They feared it. Yeah. You say it didn't do much long-term. It gave you short-term relief. Probably in that short term you were fucking knocked out or away with it because you've just had a bad seizure. So if it's not giving you any long-term help, it's not good. What's the point? It's like me saying I have bad mental health. So I fall down the stairs and I get knocked out. And then I'm unconscious for that time, but I wake up and everything's not okay. No reason. You can't say the fact I was unconscious is a good thing. Because it didn't do anything to solve it. Yeah, that's not good. Does math point make sense? Uh-huh. You always have the weirdest example. I've had a panda bear and you falling down the stairs. Are you ready for the last one? No, you can shove it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, <it's> okay. <laughs> The last one is hysteria treatment for women. Gynecological surgery was performed on ladies as a treatment for hysteria. The surgeries were performed to cure mental illness. The operations that were carried out included replacing and removing the uterus, a hysterectomy, removing the ovaries, removing lesions on the cervix and vaginal walls. The idea was that a misaligned uterus was the reason behind a woman's mental illness. A doctor in 1895 carried out over 200 surgeries and claimed a high success rate for curing mental illness. The doctor's talking shite. I'll wait until I hear your point to determine that. He carried out over 200 surgeries and claimed a high success rate. I'm, I'm joking, obviously. He says he's claimed the... Yeah. So what's his evidence? Exactly. Fucking stupid. I bet it was a man as well. Oh, yeah. It would have been a man. Yeah, of course. But that's, uh, that was the reason behind women being mentally ill. It's because they had a misaligned uterus. Makes total sense. Again, would love to know his thought process for that one. Why is he suddenly for... Wait a second. There's a common link here. Vaginas? This guy sounded like maybe he just wanted to have a wee look. Oh! You, know? <laughs> you went there. If for women, a misaligned uterus is the cause of mental illness, does that mean a misaligned ball sack is the reason oh, for... Oh, yeah. Can you imagine you turned on him and said that? I said, look, if that's your thought process, does that mean you need to align someone's dick? I bet you would be... You'd be pack his bags and away you would go. I would love to know how he claimed... How he knows he had a high success rate. Were they better after that? I'm guaranteeing they probably were not better. It was like the forced sterilisation and the other hospital that we covered as well. We know it didn't work because it doesn't get used nowadays and we know from nowadays and present day that isn't the cause of mental illness. No. So, of course, he's uh, he's talking shit. He's also taken away their opportunity to ever have kids. Mm-hmm. Most likely didn't consent to this. Or fully understand what was happening to them and the effects it would have. Yeah, this guy sounds like a bit of a dick. If it turns out this is a woman who did this, I doubt it. No, I doubt it. I very much doubt it. It's definitely a guy. So that is all of our treatments that we have decided to cover in this episode. 
if there's any more that you want to hear about please let us know and we'll cover them what do you think is the worst one oh it's number one for sure trephination yeah getting your skull cracked open that no that is definitely the worst every single one you've been telling me i've been comparing it to that one so in my head at the end of it i've still not heard anything which is worse the last one i can't really comment on because i'm not a woman no uterus no opinion yeah that should be a t-shirt if we ever make merch that should be a t-shirt it's from friends is it yeah the copyright issues (laughs) i I can't remember who i think it's rachel that says it what do you think stores one I mean, they're all pretty bad, but the the one that stood out to me is the swinging chair. Do you think that's the stupidest one? I'm asking you, what do you think is the worst one? Okay, the worst one. Because if it's a stupid one, then yes, I agree, the chair. The chair would be, that would just be dumb. Electroconvulsive therapy. Or the chemically induced seizures. I mean, I think those two kind of go hand in hand, but to me, that sounds like the worst thing ever or yeah. insulin coma therapy actually do you know what just them all <laughs> but, i mean the good thing about the electro therapy one is you probably won't remember i know but could you, you just remember? imagine going through something like that one thing i was gonna say is be seen it as a success because they would forget about a past event, trouble yeah but the irony is the the current event is probably what they're hoping to forget which is getting the ele- present event you mean yeah yeah they're hoping they will forget what just happened because that's probably the worst thing up until now for them so so hopefully now we'll have a wee bit more of a clue as to what we're talking about yeah we should maybe do like another episode like this in the future as well yeah where we cover because there's probably so so many we've not covered and there's probably so many more really dumb ones and really sick and horrible ones so mm-hmm. yeah maybe we should do another special video in a few weeks time that'd be pretty cool any final words um i'm gonna say no thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of asylum stories we hope that you enjoyed it we have an instagram account please be sure to give us a follow and we'll be just giving you a lot of updates on upcoming episodes and everything new with us and everything we've got planned for the future and random bits of shit it's not really got too much on at the moment it's brand new it's yeah it's a little baby but yeah please give us a follow it's a little baby that's a little baby so give us a follow (laughs) on asylum stories okay i think it's time to end there so thank you very very much and we will see you next week Bye. bye